Alhamdulillah, Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Alameen, wa salatu wa salamu ala ashrafil anbiya wal mursaleen wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in amma ba'ad. Fa'audhu billahi minash shaytanir rajim, bismillahir rahmanir rahim, ya ayyuhal ladhina amanu stajibu lillahi walil rasul idha da'akum lima yuhyikum sadaqallahun alayhi nazim. My dear respected, most honorable elders, beloved brothers and sisters in Islam, assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. First of all, we begin by thanking Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, by glorifying and praising Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala for enabling us with this unique opportunity to congregate in his house, to worship him, to glorify him, to send salutations upon his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallama. And we pray that Allah azza wa jal will continue to facilitate such opportunities for us in the future. We're extremely fortunate to be here uh, on Yom Al-Ju'a, on the most blessed of days, uh, in uh, the blessed months leading up to the month of Ramadan Last week I spoke about the uh, Mi'raj The Isra wal Mi'raj The ascension of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Which took place on the 27th of, of, of Rajab in, At a time when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Was grieved At a time when the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Has suffered personal loss at a time when the Prophet's message was being rejected. And Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala rewarded him for his sabr, for his patience. See, there's a verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us, informs us that seek help through sabr and salah, through patience and prayer. And one of the things that was gifted to the Prophet and his ummah on that blessed night, and it was a gift and it should be considered as a gift, was prayer, was salah. And you all know the story of how 50 prayers were given to the Prophet wasallam, And the Prophet wasallam came down with 50 prayers. And Musa wasallam said, that's, not, that's going to be too much for your ummah. Go back and get them reduced. And he went back. And they, and they were reduced to 45. And then they were reduced to 40. Then 35. Then 30. Until there were five prayers left. Musa wasallam still said to the Prophet wasallam, they're going to be too much for your nation. Too much for your ummah. And the Prophet wasallam said, I'm embarrassed now. I'm embarrassed to go back and get them reduced any further. This is it. You know, we're not going to get them reduced any further than this. And how right was Musa salam that even five prayers would prove to be too much for a nation. And this is something that, that I want to discuss today. That despite prayer being so important, despite salah being so important, it's a sad fact that many Muslims... Do not pray or fulfill the conditions of the prayer. This is something that we need to understand. You know, just like the body requires nourishment, the body requires food, doesn't it? If you don't eat food throughout the day, when the evening time comes, either you're drowsy or you're angry, something's got to give. Your, food, your body requires that nourishment in order to keep going. In exactly the same way, the soul has spiritual needs too. The soul requires uh, worship. It requires acts of worship in order for it to be rejuvenated. And the salah is one of those acts of worship that rejuvenates the soul and reignites its spirit. So it's important that if we want, you know, just like we want our bodies to be healthy, we want to eat the healthy foods. We want to have those type of, 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 of food, foods that will 
nourish our bodies and keep our bodies you know, healthy as we grow older. In exactly the same way, we should want the same for our uh, spiritual self and our soul also. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, and, and, and pay attention to, to this hadith, مَثَلُ الَّذِي يَذْكُرُ رَبَّهُ وَالَّذِي لَا يَذْكُرُ مَثَلُ الْحَيِّ وَالْمَيِّدِ The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa said, the comparison of the one who remembers Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the one who doesn't remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is like that of the living and the dead. The living remember Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and the dead don't remember him. This is taken from the verse of the Quran where Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Ya ayyuhalladheena amanu, O you who believe, istajibu lillahi wa lirrasul. Respond to the call of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. Ida da'akum lima yuhikum. When they invite you to that which gives you life. Because that's what the Prophet ﷺ did. He invited us to, to, to that message, that message which rejuvenates the spirits, that message that enlightens the soul. It enriches the soul. And this is what I want, what I want to focus on today. Not salah in terms of its obligation. We all know of the obligation of salah. There's not a single Muslim out there who thinks that salah is a nafli ibadah. There's not a single Muslim out there who thinks, oh well, if I pray, I don't pray, it doesn't matter. You know, Allah doesn't want me to pray. Or Allah doesn't uh, care. It doesn't matter to him whether I pray or not. Every single Muslim understands that salah is an obligation, it's a faridah. So I don't want to talk about that. I don't want to discuss that today. I want to discuss the fact that this is a gift. And when we receive a gift from someone or we give a gift to somebody else, we're not going to give them a gift or we're not going to want to receive a gift that is in any way burdensome or it scares that person. If you love someone, are you going to give them a gift that scares them? Are you going to give them a gift that, that is burdensome for them? That they don't like? No, of course not. So this is... This is it's high time we start considering this as a gift from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And in order for us to do that, to consider it a gift, there are certain steps. We have to understand why Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gave us this gift. What's the purpose behind this gift? How it enriches our soul. And in order for us to do that, the first thing that we have to understand is that everything, all of this comes down to, to one simple uh, fundamental aspect of our life. It comes down to the love that we have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. You know, some people's relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is limited to following orders and leaving the prohibitions. That's it. It's limited to that. Either we, Amr bin Ma'roof and Nahyan al Munkar, we follow Allah's orders and we leave that which He has prohibited us, and that's it in order for us to be saved from, from Jahannam and in order for us to enter into Jannah. Of course, I'm not going to belittle this in any way. We have to uh, stay away from what Allah has prohibited and follow that which He has ordered. That's a, that's a fundamental basis of our deen. However, these actions that we do 
or uh, fulfilling those commands that Allah has been uh, has ordered for us and leaving that which Allah has prohibited they shouldn't be done out of fear and hope we shouldn't hope only that we're going we're going to do this Allah is going to grant us jannah or fear from staying that or staying away from that which he has prohibited out of fear that if we did this then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is going to send us to jahannam it's so much more than that we have to do these actions out of love. Love for who? Love for Allah. Love for the message. We love Allah, that's why we're doing what He orders us to do. We love Allah, that's why we're going to stay away from that which He has prohibited us from. And this is important because we often find that when the lover meets the beloved, the hearts are stirred. And there's warmth in that meeting. Yet when we meet Allah, and this is our direct communion, you know that the Mi'raj was, was the ascension of the Prophet wasallam, where he met his Lord. Our Mi'raj, our ascension, is five times a day. Every time we say the takbir tahrima and Allahu Akbar and we fold our hands, we're in direct communication with our Rabb. There should be warmth in that meeting. Our hearts should be stirred. Something should happen to us. There should be beauty in that meeting. However, unfortunately, when we meet Allah in that sense, in our prayer, there's not an ounce of that same feeling that the Prophet ﷺ received on the night of Mi'raj. There's a verse of the Quran in chapter Surah Baqarah, verse 165, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, And yet, among the people, there are those who take Allah uh, other than Allah as equals to Him. They love them as they should love Allah. But those who believe are stronger in their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There should be this feeling of longing that we should have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that when we raise our hands to say Allahu Akbar to start the prayer, that warmth and that love should, should fill our hearts because we're now meeting with our Rabb. We're now meeting with our Lord. Like I said, otherwise it wouldn't be considered a gift the reason why we consider, why we should consider it a gift at least, is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us something to communicate with Him. He's given us a communication device. It's like when your parents, if your parents had to leave you, and you're a small child, or you have children, and you had to leave your, your children, and you give them a mobile phone, and you say, here you go, this is for you. you know? This is your form of communication. Whenever you feel like you need something, or you're um, anxious, or you're saddened, or you miss me, then my number's already stored in there. Give me a call. So the child feels safe, doesn't he? Says, okay, whenever I have any problems, I've got my communication device. I'm going to give you a call. And everything's going to be solved. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us that communication device. That whenever we feel aggrieved, whenever we feel happy even, Whatever state of emotions that we're going through, we have, we have something that we can turn to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards. And this, that's prayer, that's salah. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, you know, 
This is why I don't understand those individuals who would say, wait, you know what? I don't need to pray. The reason why I don't need to pray is because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is beyond that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not in need of my prayers. And that's absolutely true. It's absolutely true. Allah is not in need of those prayers. We are in need of those prayers. Oh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala knows what goes on in my heart. He knows my heart is pure. So if my heart is pure, that's fine. That's all that's needed. That's all that's required. No. Otherwise, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala would not have ordered us to pray. Because he understands the benefits of praying. He knows best what we will get out from praying our daily prayers. He understands how it enriches our soul. He understands what it does to us spiritually and he wants the best for us. And it's imperative that we understand that and we appreciate that. Ibn Qayyim al-Jawziyyah, he, he talks about that love that, that, that we should have for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And he talks about the sweetness of, of, of iman. There's a hadith of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam from Sayyidina Anas ibn Malik radiyallahu ta'ala an. In this hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam said, ثَلَاثٌ مَنْ كُنَّ فِيهِ وَجِدَ حَلَاوَةَ الْإِيمَانِ There's three, any person who combines three qualities will experience the halawa of iman, the sweetness of faith. The first of those qualities is that أَنْ يَكُونَ اللَّهَ أَنْ يَكُونَ اللَّهُ وَرَسُولُهُ أَحَبَّ إِلَيْهِ مِمَّا سِوَهُمَا that Allah and His Rasul sallallahu alayhi wasallam become more beloved to Him than anybody else. In order for us to experience the halawa and the sweetness of faith, we have to ensure that we love Allah and we love His Messenger sallallahu alayhi wasallam more than we love anything else. And know that you love somebody or something. The scholars state that there's three reasons why you love a person or why you fall in love with something. The first, the external beauty of that thing or that person. That's the first thing that attracts you, right? That external physical beauty that attracts you. The second thing is the internal beauty, the beauty of one's character. That's what attracts you. And the, th uh, the second thing, sorry. And the third thing is when somebody does an ihsan upon you. When that thing brings about some benefit to, to you. And when they, when they do that, when they do a favor upon you, or when they do some good to you, that makes you, as human beings, it makes you fall in love with, the heart is predisposed to love that which has done good to them. Now, compare those three qualities with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Right? There's nothing externally more beautiful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. In terms of the beauty of Allah's attributes, there's no one who is more beautiful than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And then doing good to you, there's no one who wants best for you or who wants better for you than Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So we find these conditions present in our love for Allah, yet we don't experience that love in our salah because when we pray our salah, we consider it a burden. We want to get it over and done with as quickly as possible and just merely to fulfill the obligation. That's what we're doing. That's why we're not experiencing the halawa of that iman. We're not experiencing the sweetness that we get within our prayer. 
We're not appreciating the fact that this is our link with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, our direct form of communication with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Not only is it a direct form of communications, it's actually a barrier. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has told us, has informed us, stay away from that which he has prohibited. And then he's given us salah. And he said, pray, because it's going to stop you from doing that which is considered evil. It's going to stop you from committing those deeds which I am displeased with. Indeed, salah stops you from evil and indecency. So we've got that. We've got prayer to stop us from doing those things that, that are wrong. Now tell me, let me ask you a question. A person who prays five times a day, comes to the masjid, is uh, scrupulous when it comes to their prayers and prays for all of the right reasons, has always the right mentality and the right intention. Is that the same person who after he prays Isha tonight from here, having prayed all five of his prayers, is going to leave the masjid and is going to go down the road and step into the club or the pub for a pint? It's not going to happen, is it? Or perhaps, perhaps that, that's the same person who's going to go out, go out there tonight and decide that he's going to rob someone or she's going to rob someone. Or they're going to do something which is considered a crime. That's just not going to happen. Do you know why? It's not because, of their, because they're afraid. Because their love for salah and their love for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has granted them higher levels of taqwa. Higher levels of God consciousness. Because as soon as they think about doing something wrong, automatically there's a thought that's going to pop inside their head. That thought's going to say, what are you doing? You just prayed your salah. What are you doing? You are just in direct communication with Allah. What are you doing? Allah's watching you right now. Do you think he's going to be pleased with you? How then, after doing this action, are you ever going to say Allahu Akbar and start your prayer again and communicate with Allah again? With what face? Are you going to talk to Allah again, having committed this action? So it's automatically it serves as a barrier between you and doing something wrong. So not only do you get the spiritual effects of it, you experience the actual effects in your daily life that is going to stop you from doing those things that are wrong. If you go deeper into the spiritual state during salah, it requires salah, it requires us to have a presence of heart. And be mindful of the words that we're reading, the words that we're reciting. You know, it might feel like we're praying for a long time when we consider it a burden. But in actual fact, what is our prayer? It takes, what, five minutes, 10 minutes, shallow, 15 minutes if you're praying your Isha prayer and you've got so many zakat to read. Ibn Qayyim Again, talking about salah, he says that what, he describes it as what the competitors compete for. It's nourishment for the soul and the delight of the eyes. And if this feeling leaves the heart, it is as though the heart becomes a body without a soul. So in order for us to stay enriched, in order for us to, uh, to continue to feel uh, enlightened, and to feel spiritual, to consider ourselves as spiritual beings, we have to ensure that we keep this connection between us and our prayer. Why? 
الذين امنوا تطمئن قلوبهم بذكر الله الا بذكر الله تطمئن القلوب الله سبحانه وتعالى says without doubt it is the remembrance of allah that satisfies the hearts you can have whatever you want in life you can have all of the money or everything that your heart desires and you still will not reach the the pinnacle of god consciousness you still will not reach the pinnacle pinnacle of satisfaction and relief you won't because it won't give you ultimate relief money power wealth whatever you think you need is not going to give you that whereas salah it does it gives you that satisfaction that remembrance of allah is the only thing that keeps the hearts preoccupied it cures our problems we're surrounded man today especially in the day and age that we live in we're surrounded constantly by numerous trials and problems once we focus on strengthening our connection and our relationship with our lord the one who is all powerful the one the, the one who is all seeing the all hearing he azawajal will fulf- he will uh, fix our worldly problems ya ayyuhalladhina amanu istainu bisabri wassalah oh you who believe seek help through sabr and salah through patience and prayer inna allaha ma'as sabirin Indeed, Allah is with those who are patient. I'm going to, uh, very quickly, before I leave, I'm gonna, there's a study, and, and I, I really want to mention this because it's quite amazing. And pay attention to this. Dr. Andrew Neusberg New, of the University of Pennsylvania, who's a scientist, he, had, he attempted to enlighten us with, with, his, with the hidden wisdom of, of prayer and the impact that it has on the brain. and he studied brain activity during prayer and he found a direct impact on several of the brain locations and and this is why we say that subhanallah there's so many benefits of the salah that we just don't even understand he said regular daily prayers they halt the frontal lobe of of, of the brain from shrinking with age and it's that frontal lobe that uh, Uh, regulates our memory uh, it regulates our reading and our, our our skills of speaking so in essence what it does is it keeps you healthy and uh, it doesn't age the brain so as you age your brain stays younger that's one of the the physical benefits that we do not understand or appreciate so it helps pre- prevent memory loss um, in old age too and he He also found something which is high activity in the anterior cingulate which is the location that regulates our connectivity with others. He said a high activity in this part of the brain means a healthier and a happier person. So naturally you're going to you're going to be quite social and that part of the brain it regulates our activities not only with others but with the uh, the environment around us and it creates for us a healthier happier environment another thing he said that it deactivates certain parts of the brain uh, that are focused on negative emotions on and on negative energy so it gets rid of the negative energy so the result of praying regularly is a healthier happier and a longer life what else do we want this is what we ultimately desire we want to stay healthy we want to stay happy and we want to live as long as we possibly can that's a natural human emotion you want to do that 
The salah is your, is your that activity that can give you that, it can grant you that. And it's imperative that we start understanding the beauty of salah and appreciating the beauty of salah and praying it because of its beauty, not because it's a mere obligation. Because when we see it or view it as an obligation, we're going to consider it a burden. And Indeed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does not burden anyone more than that individual's, and that, and that individual's capacity to bear it. You know, you have, we have the, the sajda itself. You know, the sajda is quite beautiful. The sajda, when you, when you need something and you're, when, you're, when you're in pain uh, and you need Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to focus his attention upon you, you go into sajda. On the other hand, when you're thankful that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you or gifted you something, you fall into sajda. It's something beautiful. In uh, reacting to Dr. Newberg's work, there's another Muslim scientist, his name is Dr. Ahmed Sakr, and he found that the position of sujood is one method scientifically proven to bring about peace, tranquility, and happiness to the one who's in prostration. Scientifically proven. He explains that we're all exposed to uh, electrostatic charges from the atmosphere and ridding ourselves of those extra charges is ultimately beneficial to one's health. And when we're in the state of sajda, it rids ourselves of those, those charges. And it gives us a, a sort of a peaceful, tranquil existence. This is why when the Prophet was, was, was troubled, he would fall into sajda. When he was happy and he wanted to thank Allah, he would fall into sajda. He was looking for an excuse whenever he can to fall into sajda. And it's important that we bring that back into our lives and we understand the beauties of the prayer and how it enriches our soul. And we consider it a blessing and a gift from Allah, a gift that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us to, to form a, a direct link of communication to him. May Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala give me and you tawfiq and the ability to act upon the teachings of the Quran and the noble sunnah of the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam wa akhirul ta'amana and alhamdulillahi rabbil alameen